Justin, Alex, what have you guys been up to this week? What's been on your radar? I don't know, man. I, I, there wasn't anything good at the movies this weekend, I don't think. <laughs> no. Was there? Did anything come out? Uh, I saw a like, B-plus movie. Uh, at the IMAX, you might have heard of it. It's uh, oh no! Now that you say that, I actually did see a movie. Yeah. Which what'd you the see? Superhero movie, Black Panther. Was it that? Uh, did you watch, rewatch that one about water and fish? No, I didn't watch uh, that no. one. I do like that movie though. Yeah, I need to see that. But no, I think so. We all saw Black Panther. I yes. saw it in New York, where the ticket price is a little bit different than the one that you guys probably had to pay. <laughs> I saw it in Apex, where we're all humble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, you saw IMAX, so uh, yeah, it was two D. Normally, oh, I see gotcha, it three D. Gotcha. Yeah, well, it was two D. So this we time. we all had some thoughts on this. I. I will lead with my little one because okay. you guys have others. My thing was just that I was a little disappointed that there weren't more soundtrack songs. Yeah. I think there were only a couple. Made the Vince song was I think there was three. The Vince was the car chase. In the car chase scene, yeah. I don't care if I'm spoiling. Like it's, it's not a spoiler. No, yeah. that's in the trailer. But the Vince yeah. was the car chase uh, score, basically. And it was actually worked in to be diegetic, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. Um and I couldn't have been happier with any track being on there than the Vince one. I thought that was perfect. Yeah, I thought it worked really well, yeah. too. Well, what was your, Justin, what was your issue? Well, you go, oh, yours was no, the I, soundtrack. That's all I yeah, had to say. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, man. All right. Your main well, issue. Yeah, okay. Two main issues. This is, this. these are spoilers. If you need to, like, take a um, reprieve and step away from yeah. the listening, let it be known. Click I'm that gonna, 30 second I am going to talk about times. the movie. Uh, first things first. I really felt like it should have been two movies. No, this is not a music thought. This is a movie thought. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought your main thing was the Run the Jewels thing. Oh, yeah. I, why? Yeah, but that's known to people. We've said it for the last three episodes that I wish that song got used more. Now it's just using stupid express.com ads. Hey. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Express I thought the movie us. should have been two, not one. I yeah, felt I like that. the. I saw uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. I guess I need to move on from my not music takes. Yeah. Well, I, all my takes are my, music. No, but the music. Okay. You said so. Justin's thing, if you hadn't heard it before, was and we talked about it. The Run the Jewels song that was in the trailer was perfect for it. And then as soon as the more developed trailers came along, that that song was nowhere to be found. Yeah, and it wasn't. We were hoping it was maybe the it'd be best. on the. Song, yeah. it fitted it, perfectly. Yeah, I don't it, know where it would fit in the movie though. It fit the trailer perfectly. No, I'm saying right when, they, they enter, when they first enter Wakanda, the same way it was in the trailer, it yeah. would be an incredible like opening uh, montage to life in Wakanda, the true Wakanda. Right. You know, plane comes in, uh, force field moves away. Yes, I mean bah. sure, but you also had that amazing bah. score. <laughs> bah, 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 that dude, bah, bah. Uh, just like that, Ludwig Ludwig Gorenson. Yeah. Like that, the Wakanda, that track. No, no, on the score, no complaints. You with can't, what was actually used. Yeah. Also, if if you're if you're at a computer or on your phone, go to Genius. They had a really cool video with Ludwig about how he came up with the score or specifically Wakanda. Oh, cool. Because I was piece say, from I the thought, score. I thought you were talking about the Redbone one because that one's good too. No, that's a great one. But they had another one with him about Wakanda, that specific piece from the score. And I mean, the guy is. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Musical genius. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Well, when the Marvel Comics pod comes out from the Super or the Runaway Podcast Network, then I'll save all my yeah. Black Panther hot takes for that because I do have some. Maybe maybe it'll be a guest feature on... Is there space for it on Super Chadwick's website? Boseman? No, no, yeah, no. We'll no. have them on. Can I have a, have a little space to do a Black Panther uh, hot take review on Super Empty? It has Will to Will you be allow me that? Music. There was music 50% involved in about music. Oh, God. Okay. I'm sure you can get there. Maybe there's some there's some other 
pseudo hip hop pop culture local <laughs> website that will allow me yeah. to <laughs> look elsewhere. This yeah. is not the site for you. Um, sp- well, speaking of the site, yeah, what do we have coming up this week? Man, I, I was I don't know if this will be out this week by the time this podcast posts. We're obviously recording this on our usual weekend, although this is a holiday weekend, so this is Monday. Um, I really am working on something about rapper Big Poo because I feel like he's secretly been putting out a lot of really dope shit. Yeah. Um, not so secretly, like he's putting it out there for public consumption, mm-hmm. but private SoundCloud links. It's yeah, SoundCloud links, and just uh, part of why we're doing Super Empty and why we want to have this show is that it's not like there's a big platform for it, and so. He's been on Mellow Music Group, same as Odyssey and a number of other really talented artists. And in the last few years, the EPs he's been putting out, one that was just with Knots, um, and then another one called Words Paint Pictures, and now he's managing Loot on Dreamville. Like He's just been doing a lot of cool shit. So I wanted to write a piece about that, but um, I'm working on that, but it's not finished. But this week, we did have a single from Crosby. His new album comes out this week. We have We've an heard album it from Crosby. What? So we have an album from Crosby. We have an album from him coming out on Friday, yeah. but his uh, last single called "My Prayer" came out, and uh, it was fucking good. I'm, I'm excited for this project. Like man. this guy, I just feel like is. Uh, I don't know why. I think he still hasn't been very well known, but he's secretly, you know, a, a best kept secret yeah. right now. Well, it, and I first heard of him December 2016 on the Affin Friends tour. You know, I went to that show. And, and he stood out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was immediately impressed, but then all of 2017 went by, and I was like, you know, damn, what? I just I forgot about him. You laid if low. I'm being honest. Yeah. But then you know this starts coming out, and we start listening, and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. This I, well, I, I feel like it's I think about to be you big. missed. Yeah. I think it was just Ryan, me, you, and Holland, our producer, <laughs> who we wish uh, would come back sooner rather than later. We're listening <laughs> to the uh, the Crosby album. In secret, yes. uh, during our last recording or before our last recording, I guess. And uh, dude, that the opening song, the opening song, the, the opening song changes up two or three times, and so the good. way it's sequenced into the next song. So that'll be a treat when that comes out two days after this podcast comes out. And it's a big Friday in general this week. Yes. This is in North Carolina. We've got given the list. We've talked about it already last week. We talked about the album, and I wrote about it in the Carolina Roundup last week. But Elzai and Crisis. Crisis's album, as Jericho Jackson, comes out this week. So that's the first big Jamler release of the year. Mm-hmm. Then you've also got Crosby's album. He's going to have, that's like an 18-track album full of material. And then also, a little bit more tenuous connection, but the first, I think, no, Cause already came out. So the second big Dreamville yeah. release of the year is going to be Earth Gang uh, from Atlanta. The duo is putting out their first project of the year. So it's a big week. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm using anything that comes out of Dreamville as a North Carolina release, oh, yeah. which is a little bit of a stretch. But really, I feel like we have the jurisdiction the same, yeah. to talk about yeah. anybody besides Kaz because he's in the West Coast. Yeah. Well, yeah. and uh, this isn't quite hip hop, but uh, Tree City, our friend Patrick, yes. uh, oh, yeah. who did a collaboration with Ace, who I believe we Does featured. on Friday? We yes. have a listening party for him. In fact, it's at the Runaway Friday, Store yeah. right and here gallery. in this very store where yes, we're recording. Where we're sitting. Uh, so yeah, another album, uh, Tree City listening party at the Runaway Store. We'll probably talk a little bit about. It. I'm actually hoping to get a small interview with him nice. this yeah. week as well to promote that show. For the so for the rundown, exactly our other podcasts on the Runaway Podcast Network. So yeah, lots of material. Yeah, Friday um, Friday stacked, guys. Yeah, it's gonna be a long day of listening to some great music. <laughs> yeah, get exactly. your ears ready. So. And then on this episode, 
we already recorded, we did an uh, interview with Eric Tullis, who's been writing about hip-hop in the scene for a long time. Yes. OG in the area. Does not take the bullshit. He some just would, doesn't. Some kind would of say he's an authority. Yes. Self, self-anointed self authority, but I think in this case, totally appropriate. Well-deserved. Yeah, so we did a great interview with him. We're going to be playing that. So this is episode six of the Super Empty Show. Let's run it. Wait, wait up on my back. Wait up on my back. There's no way I can relax. Playing tracks in these hole in the wall clubs where they show these be dolled up. Showing us all love while they holding their palms up. Palms up. To get that feeling. Get that feeling. Eric, how long have you been a writer? So I started, well, I've been writing locally about local hip-hop, electronic, jazz, all that stuff for about 12, 13 years. Um, How old are you? Did you come out doing it out of the womb? (laughs) No, I'm 39. Okay. Yeah, I don't look it, but I'm 39. Yeah, so uh, started started writing. Before the indie, I was writing, uh, working for The Source and some other uh, magazines from the UK. Um, And then... So you were on Grime like really early then? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, <laughs> Lady Sovereign, remember her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's why I have Justin here because I don't know who you're talking right, about. Right? Yeah, no, it's it's a joke. But um, so I came out here to to write to work um, and to I, Durham to Durham. Yeah, yeah. and from um, where? From Kansas. Went to KU undergrad, and then I transferred. I, I well, no, I'm sorry. I came out here for grad school. Uh, didn't like the program at Central, and so then I that went. That So then I went to Northwestern. Uh, for I get that though. Alternative Journalism Academy. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I came I mean, back. That's, that's like the that's the best of the best, right? Uh, yeah. It was. It's a, yeah. The yeah. Pro, the program that I was in originally is, is over. It's, it no longer exists. But um, yeah. Because after you left, they had to shut it down. Uh, yeah, you I just ended it. It was like that, the mic drop. Put in that work. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, what I was doing um, in the program had nothing to do with music. But when I came back to North Carolina after finishing the uh, that program, um, I met Grayson Haver Curran, and uh, you know, music editor for a while at the Indie. Right, right. And um, I, <laughs> what's funny is that we met at a Ghostface show. Um, I was standing outside waiting to interview Ghostface and Grayson. When was this? This was 2004, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, Grayson said, what are you, you know, what are you up to? I was like, well, I'm a writer. I'm interviewing Ghostface for this uh, London-based magazine. And he was like, oh, well, I need writers. And my first piece for Indie Week was about the passing of Jay Dilla. Oh, wow. Wow. Whose I feel birthday like that shows was, what, a lot last about week? the breadth of what they covered then versus now. Because I don't think they would write a piece on the passing of, of That's amazing. Combat Jack today. No. no, no, no. They don't, no. That's why we're here. <laughs> and that's why we're doing this, <laughs> Yeah, in part. Yeah. No, but yeah, that's, that's what happened. And so I've been, I, I had, I've been writing. So well, I was writing for them for about 12 years. And uh, I would like to say in that 12 years, I had became the local authority on, on hip-hop. Oh, I don't think there's any, yeah. I'm not, I don't think there's any challenge to that here at all. Ryan, yeah. you want to introduce our guest real quick for people that are... Well, I think he just introduced himself. Yeah, but they don't know, like, the full... Give, give like, the quick Wikipedia intro paragraph. All I can do is speak from my experience, which is that I moved to Durham about four years ago. I was not an experienced hip-hop writer. I had written about sports and, and yeah, like football and, and had written at all, all the college papers I was at, and I was writing my own hip-hop music blog, and I knew Eric through doing that stuff and being out at shows. And at one point, you came up to me. You were like the person that I saw as, like, like you said, the authority on hip-hop in the area. And 
we were at the runaway uh one of the parties that ace was performing out by the stack Oof, and yeah. he was like i think uh grayson had seen the blog and he was like we need more hip-hop he wants you to write some stuff and then that's how i i wrote for the indie and i started with that piece on uh rich homie kwan at Deepak. that was your first piece <laughs> that was for the, the first one yeah Oh man, that was funny. That yeah. was funny. I was, and when you, and when you started writing, I was relieved because you know for a while I was the only one in the area writing about this stuff, and you know I felt like I needed some help. You know, I mean, I wasn't. That's probably still the case, and it's still the well, case. Now, yeah, now there's more help. There's the you case. and Ryan. Yeah, and uh, when Ryan's like, finally, somebody else to write about hip hop. I don't have to take the whole load. You know, pause. <laughs> <laughs> but no alright but so this is also the thing is I got started at I think was a point that was a little bit more tame to be doing it I felt like from things that you I heard from you here and there that you put up with a lot more shit than I did maybe we can s suss that out tonight but I, I feel like there were crazier stories that happened to you than for me it would be like I mean, 2004 is like before Twitter and all this say. stuff. The worst things that happened to me was people tweeting like, you know, fuck you, like you should have reviewed sure. my album better. And you dealt with people being like, like threatening physical violence and stuff. Oh, yeah. For I mean, And the scene was different, too. I mean, in 2004, hip hop and I mean. Well, yeah, he was here for the whole LB beginning mm -hmm. of the phenomenon. Right, right, right. Yeah, for a while, man, um, I would never go out to a club or a show without somebody with me because I was afraid of somebody, you know, having an issue with something. Journalists, man. And I just, I just would not step they foot got in a venue, man. <laughs> Could do it because people were threatening me. I'm gonna whoop your ass next time I see you. You know what I'm saying? Just because they disagreed with something that I wrote, and it, 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 it oftentimes got got pretty intense. At it's those times, what? Do you, sorry, go ahead. I had nothing more to say. <laughs> I was just gonna ask what at that point in time. I mean writing hip-hop for the local alt-weekly is not known as the most lucrative job in the world. Right. Uh, why you weren't like, <laughs> I don't need to be getting threatened violently for this. Like, you just think the love of doing it just kept you coming back to do shows? Well, yeah, and, and, and the shit was funny and entertaining to me. <laughs> you know, these people getting, people getting their feelings hurt off of something that I wrote. You know, it's and it, a lot, and sometimes it was just like a small blurb. Right. And it's like, dude, this is not a definitive argument against your music this is just my listening experience you you know get all butthurt over that shit then you know then let's have fun with this right i'll go back and forth because the other thing for me was that there was not a lot of dialogue happening in the triangle about hip-hop right we all go to shows and stuff like that but for the most part me writing this stuff and getting reactions that was healthy to me for the community mm -hmm. to have dialogue to talk about why you don't like something, why you feel like this person doesn't deserve uh, this review or this person should have blown up already. Let's have these conversations. You know what I mean? That's that's mm -hmm. that's really what my goal was was to create um, conversations around the music. Like, Do you think there's more of those conversations happening now or then? Like, cause like the rising ship. Lifting all boats. <laughs> Why can't I say this shit right? The rising tide <laughs> lifting all boats that is happening now with Rhapsody and obviously Dreamville and Cole and all them that are these like highlights here and there in North Carolina that are getting people excited. Um, you That was a very different time, but a similar one in a way that there was Little Brother making their break and getting their Atlantic deal and being on that tour bus and the album Minstrel Show didn't sell the way it was expected to. Mm -hmm. um, where you think the conversation was among the local hip-hop scene then versus now 
is it a lot of the, were there a lot of the same conversations, if you think about it, that were happening of like littler acts trying to get on because of this rising tide? No, I don't think so. Because I think back, I think back then there was just a main crew in the, in the Justice League, right? And uh, they were pretty much, uh, they were pretty much running shit around here, you know. And then you had Ka the Kazi sect. Then you had, you know. The East Durham, Josie Mo sect, and then you had people like there were all these different crews. Now I don't know if they, whether they got along or not. You know, I'm sure there was beef somewhere, but um, it was pretty much the crew based scene. Yeah. Whereas now it's not. It's not really like that. I think it's like the, like who's tunes crew. Right. You know I wonder I mean? how much like, that social media, the splintering right. of like you just see the people that you follow. And so there's just feels like there's 30 different artists and you don't associate them exactly. with any certain group. Exactly. You know, and but that's why it's cool and stands out when certain people do. And that's why Immaculate, you've commented on, like mm -hmm. it was one of the few things where it felt like there was a, uh, a team. Right. Someone actually had a team. There was someone doing graphic design. There was someone doing photo. There was right. a manager. And like that really sticks out around here when you see that because most of the time it's one person and maybe they have a manager. Maybe they have a person they go right. to frequently on photos. But like that's the extent of it. And Cooley High was really good at that yes. too. They were they were they were really organized when they first when they first hit the scene. Um, they had their own graphic designer. You know they were they, they just had their shit together. You know and um, you know however you felt about their music, you couldn't deny that they were on they were on point. I felt great about their music. Still the way, <laughs> yeah. Still the way it feels and still the way it looks. Yeah, absolutely. I want to have Jay Soul on here to talk about all the shit he just did for their album. And I think Soul, there's a lot more to come. Jay Soul so talented, man. <laughs> yeah, but that's I didn't. I didn't <laughs> no, I didn't know that was his nickname, Jay Soul. That's great. Oh, yeah, Jay Soul, Jason, Soul, the Sun. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Also, rest in peace, DJ Merlin, because uh, yes. I, I, that was the last time I saw Jay Soul at that at that funeral. Um, he passed away. If y'all don't know who DJ Merlin is, one he was one of the uh, best DJs in North Carolina, if you ask me. So and, uh, he's someone that like away. again in this kind of splintered like social media world that I feel like fell into the cracks for me from where I started here. Right. And when I got into the hip hop scene, like that was not the circle that I was in. I was much more with, I think like a 10 years younger group of people. Mm -hmm. I don't know how old he was when he passed, but was he in late thirties, early forties? I would, I would, I think he was late thirties. Yeah. Early forties. Who did he DJ for? So DJ Merlin was a, a DJ in Raleigh. Um, okay. Uh, so him and this other guy named Mooney, they opened up a record store um, in Raleigh in the Warehouse District. Um, Merlin and Mooney, they were known as, and Merlin, Merlin was a turntablist for the most part, and he was just nice, man. Um, Such a lost art. Yeah, and uh, That's why I got you know, Merlin, and then he left, and then came back, and then started running with um, Sean Koenig. Okay. Um, and all, all those, uh, what is it? What's the new? What's the, the the magazine? Oh, Oak City Hustle. Oak City Hustle. Yeah. Those folks, and. Um, you know, started DJing. He did more breakbeat funk stuff a lot. So, uh, yeah, man, local legend. Rest in peace, DJ Merlin. Man, he uh, he had some he had some uh, some issues, and uh, it didn't end up well. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw that from Jay Soul and other guys from the Cooley High group. I mean, that's a a thing that is in I guess our scene right now is really there's a couple different age groups like cohorts that I really feel there's kind of a gap in between, right. which is just how I feel about this area in general. A lot of times, it feels like there's people that are just kind of leaving college, just left college somewhat recently, and then it's like 30. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, because um, Cooley High is from a different era, and Kaze, maybe you would put in that. Yeah, you would put and, Kaze in that era before. But then so many before. people that I've written about since I started for the indie or that I would cover on Super Empty Today, like, are new. You know, I mean, Pat may be in their age. I don't actually know how old Pat Jr. is, but so many of the younger guys 
like Ace, and I was gonna say Wells, DeFacto, but Ace, Danny, yes, like yeah. all those guys. It just feels like there's a different generation that wasn't even on the radar of when you were obviously starting at mm-hmm. the indie. And uh, I'm just like really wonder about a lot of that older group because some of them like Cooley are still making music, and then Josie Mo like pops up here and there. He was on Shame's album okay. last year. All right, but a lot of them, I guess, just like have stopped or do it off the radar, or like I said, they're doing it and I don't see it on my feed, but it's happening for other people. Yeah. I don't know if you I, see their stuff. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, if it drops, I mean, but they're not putting out albums anymore. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So who's doing that? No, I mean, no one, no yeah. one from that generation is still putting out albums, yeah. for real. How old is Gun? Because Gun might be kind of in that he is. Oh, well, intermediate space. Came up, well, you know more about that than us, but... Did yeah, he start yeah. doing stuff at um, five o, local 506? Who? Gun. Wasn't oh, right, 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 right. You mean like when he first started? Yeah. Oh, I feel like so he, I you told me he freestyled with Fonte and all that. Right, right. Yeah, so when I got here right after Jay Gun, like the, right after he started rapping. So he's a little, um, he, he's a Dermite for real. Yeah. You know, but I got here. Jordan High School, baby. Yeah. So you, I don't know if you are, there's, there's that story about him battling Fonte at uh, the cradle. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Well, you told me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. should repeat it. So he was 13 years old in this in this rap battle. And, I feel um, like he keeps getting younger every time I hear this story. <laughs> he was really 18, then yeah. 16, then He was 15. in diapers. And, no. Yeah. Continue, please. And uh, he almost won the battle. And um, that's just... And it, it, at what year? Like, how? where was Fonte in his, in his level um, of... I believe Fonte... This was pre-Little Brother. Okay. Um, and I believe Fonte was just out here, you know... Battle rapping and... At, in yeah. school or out of yeah, school? Yeah, he was in school at the time. So uh, I was confused earlier because you were saying you came here for grad school. So I thought you worked on the paper, right? Was that in grad school? Yeah, yeah. So And so Fonte was on it. And if I don't, if I remember correctly, he wrote kind of for you, right? Cause, or is that not the case? No, no, You no. were an editor, though. No, no I wasn't an oh, editor. Oh. I was... We, we, both wrote, we both wrote underneath Mike Williams. Mike Williams okay. was the editor. My guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, when I so when I when I when I got there, Fonte was uh, was already writing for the for the paper, um, and so me and him was writing some some, some similar stuff, and uh, I just remember Fonte always having shit to do, and so like throwing all his stories to me to to to, to finish for him, right? You know, because he was always you know I, I got to go here do this show, got you know. So I was like, I, mean, I didn't really care. I wanted to write, but yeah, that's that that happened. Um, I remember seeing his epic picture up in the news in the Campus Echo room all mm-hmm. the time. Fonte? Just thinking, yeah, just being like, wow, that guy is like, in, even like, at that age, was incredibly wow. multi talented. That's that guy who used to pass off all of his three quarter finished right. pieces to Eric. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember sitting in the office when they dropped Speed. Uh, that first, that, sick, yeah. that first hit for them. Uh, you know, he they had the the web page up and he showed everybody in the office. You know what it looked like and how it sounded. I was sitting right there. When it, when it debuted, and uh, yeah, yo, that's I just was doing some like research for some things that are more historical dates for, for NC albums. That's uh, 15 years this Sunday. That album, Chillin yeah. Circuit. No, uh, oh, is that the first time that came out? I thought it was on Speed? the listening. Oh, uh, you're. I think the you're listening. Right. Yeah, the listening came the out 15 one. years ago yeah. this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if they got together? 15 year anniversary. It would be nice. Dude, what are the know. prospects for that? I don't know. I, I think. Well, they're talking. They're, they're 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 talking now. They're cool now. So I think time know. has healed these a moments, lot of wounds. man. Black Star's got an album coming out. I'm very lukewarm about how that might have that might come together. I just feel like <laughs> sometimes you miss these opportunities to do the reunion tour. Outcast the same way. Like if they were to do an album again, 
I might be super what not into it. I don't know. I just the energy's not there. Like if they're just doing it as a PR stunt, I'm not there for that. But I think if if Little Brother did it, it wouldn't be because of it wouldn't be a PR stunt because of the comments they've made about they actually were or I forget who I'm paraphrasing here, but um, saying that they were moved by the death of Fife, uh, Fife yeah. and how ATCQ had gotten together and done an album. Which was really good. Which was a really good so album. I, maybe and that, I yeah, think totally it was fair for, for them to be a little bit pissed about not getting a Grammy nomination for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I, I feel the same way. Okay, so maybe, yeah, I'll hold, I'll, uh, hold my uh, reservations about Little Brother reunion tour. Uh, for if it actually happens or not. Yeah. I don't care about it, too. I just want an album. One album, yeah. tour. How, yeah. how North Carolina do you feel Dreamville is? Do you um, associate it as a North Carolina entity, or it's just kind of out there in the ether? And it's just no, I think J. Cole is North Carolina. I don't know where the, those other guys are from. Well, the that's what I mean. Not Atlanta, necessarily right? specifically where they're from, but do you feel the presence of Dreamville in any kind of real North Carolina sense? Yeah, or it I, might I as mean, well exist in New York. It, nah, I, I do. Just only because we know, all of us in this room know that J. Cole spends so, a lot, spends so much time in this area. Really, yeah. So I think anybody, anybody else, I don't think they look at Dreamville as a as He's a hooping at the YMCA like every other day. Yeah, he lives here, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I associate it because it's J. Cole and he's around a lot, so. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, to your point, some of their bigger acts are not North Carolina-based, so. Yeah, it's been mostly uh, Southeastern, at least. And I'm hopeful for Loot, who mm-hmm. Big Pooh manages. I don't, I don't know how he's going to turn out. But his, uh, his album from last year has been growing on me, actually. I don't I know if you listened to that at all. That. It was kind of like a pretty mellow album. Did you hear it? No, I'm not a fan. At all? No. What's the <laughs> issue? I mean, I just, I, I, also I, don't I, I haven't heard anything that. That, that, that I think is amazing. Right, right. Mm. I think it isn't. I think he has yet to do something. I I can see what you mean. That like would grab your attention, like make you just yeah demand your attention for three minutes, four minutes. I think the bar is just super high for young artists too. I mean, with the access to all the different musicians that you can listen to on a daily basis, it's not like before. You know, some young cat comes up and you're like, okay, well, he sounds pretty. I see some prospects. He sounds pretty good. He's one of like you know five people I've heard today. Um, you know, I'll give him some time, see what his next album is. I mean, Nas was what, 19 when Nomadic came out? Granted, like, that's a tough, even back yeah. then, a tough bar. His to, episode on Stretch and Bobito is amazing. When he's talking about, yeah. like, have you heard that? When he's like, no. I'm a, he's like, man, yeah, that's, the album's called Illmatic. It comes out, like, later this year. It's got a few songs on it that I think you'll like. It's amazing. I love yeah. listening to guys, like, talk about a thing that's going to be huge now that yeah. we're in the future right. and we know it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess my point being that it's it's tough to give young guys more rope when it comes to their craft because we're just we're um, we're listening to new stuff all the time and it's like okay well, I don't really have time to wait on you because I can listen to literally anybody else that mm-hmm. I want um, versus before it's like you only really heard the ten guys in your neighborhood and, and people on the radio in your area yeah right so I mean the same is true for sports too I feel like people's patience for guys like becoming superstars is less and less yeah. so yeah speaking of the radio I w- this is what I've been waiting <laughs> this is for. a rough segue but yeah. yeah I know this is what you've been waiting for but when we put out the episode with Miriam Eric hit me up somewhat playfully asking maybe for us to have done a little bit more on the subject. <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to bring it up and talk a little bit just about, uh, I mean, because you wrote some of the first things. I mean, when I was doing research before that interview, 
the stuff I was reading from Indy about 919 radios coming back, 919 radios changing to Carolina waves, basically all the articles you could read locally in North Carolina about that whole saga were written by you. So you know as much as anybody about it. The um, authority. Yeah, the authority, as you said. So <laughs> what are your thoughts on that whole situation on is K97? Well, first of all, what's the issue with our interview? What do we not do? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, number one, I just, when I, when I, it just, it sounded really sanitized, right? Because and you just you sounded very happy to be talking to a radio person. Oh man, I was so happy. <laughs> and so my main thing was that you, you want your own podcast, man. Is that why you're here? No. Okay. <laughs> my main thing was that you know. I hope I sound excited to talk to him tonight. Her, well, you know, with her, I think her and Brian Dawson are now like the face of ninety-seven point five, right? Um, and <clears throat> I think when we have a, a, a um, an opportunity to talk to these people about the station we need to grill their ass because they're you know they're not these their programmers are not doing their damn job as far mm. as when it comes to highlighting local music the way it should be highlighted not talking about an hour on a sunday or whatever the situation what what, what is 919 radio what, is it like one hour it's one hour a week one hour a week like that's going to do anything to to like to grow someone's career you know it's Sunday. Who's listening to the radio on Sunday? Who's listening to the radio? Who's listening to the radio? Well, people, I think people, a lot of people are still listening to the radio, but I don't think they're doing it on Sunday, just sitting back waiting sure. for the local hit. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, anytime I would hear that show, I would, it would be by accident. Yeah. You know? So. But I guess, Mike, well, you can go on. No, go ahead. I would just say my point to that is I'm thinking it's all relative, and I don't know how much really room they have, and I know that's kind of their fallback, that she said on the show and that you've heard before about um, there's certain frameworks for how we have to do this and I'm working within that. And so if you believe that, then she's, then you would say that she's doing a good job of even getting that situation going for artists. But if you're saying that they can be doing a lot more, I just don't know about that. Like about what, how much leeway well, they have to do more <laughs> local programming. How many spins have they, have they given Rhapsody? Over the over right. the last so over the last few artist. years, yeah, I mean, the Grammy nominated rapper, and you can't find the time to play her song, at least four, three, four times a day, right? You drop the ball, like you cannot drop that ball. I don't yeah. care if you know she had because I'm not even sure what the, the the single was identified as. What sassy from her from Rhapsody's album? Yeah, which I was. I don't know about that. Power. It was sassy. Was the big? I mean, oh, single. that was one that okay. got the Grammy nomination. Doesn't okay. matter. That that shit should have been. Sp- Spinning all day on yeah. radio, you know, and that's there's all the advice that they've been giving people that Miriam has been giving people um, about getting your shit together and presenting yourself professionally and having all this stuff lined up and ready. Rhapsody did all that, but they still not playing their music. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say I think a lot of time like and I said it on the show with her. I think that even and I know this is like a very soft. I'm giving her a very nice cushion here, but. Um, I think that even having someone at the station who is talking to, who is involved, is different. And I know that's a very low bar, but like that's different than what I saw before she was doing this. Where it was it's just a move in the right direction. Like ignorance of the scene. Where yeah. you would talk to someone and I would expect to bring up Ace and then be like, whoa, whoa who's that? And I would be like, he's one of the best acts in the area. I think it's a step in the right direction. I know, again, it's a low bar, but I'm saying that even that there's a DJ on the station who knows who that is and who uh, 
does shows with him outside the station and would work on something that would bring him and some other guys to like Atlanta, which I don't know how much I wish we had asked her more about that as well. But the, I think the that's A3C a positive thing. Festival. Yeah, where yeah. they did the Carolina Waves A3C yeah. thing, which I don't know all the details yeah. about. But I think it's a good look. I think it makes things look better here. And I would also say that the advice, even if it hasn't led to those guys being on the station, because um, in the Rhapsody case, I think you're right. Like it, it hasn't led to that, even though they have her stuff together. I think a lot of the people she's speaking to, like the really up-and-coming people that are just getting into it, they could use that advice. Whether or not it gets them on the station, it's good for them to hear that from somebody who's out there and saying that. Because I would agree with that. I don't think there's enough voices still, her included, that are harping on this. Like You need to have your... Because there's still so many artists that just are yeah. putting out stuff and it looks comical and it doesn't look packaged. Like you said, Cooley High, when they did that, you noticed because they just had a good presentation from the beginning. Did North Crack... North Cack it spins outside of the Sunday show. Outside oh of yeah, like that the, did because okay. it was uh, yeah because it had YouTube and Facebook yeah, streams yeah, and all that. Yeah. Okay. So just checking. Yeah. But that had that viral aspect to it, so I think yeah. it had, was easy to pick. But even like Cooley High's new single is that getting spins on? Yeah. Like no way. Yeah. But yeah, it should. Why don't, why don't, why don't, she just needs they just need to tell these artists look we're not gonna play your record that's just not what that's not why we why we're here that's mm -hmm. not why we, we exist to propel local artists just yeah. just be straight up just yeah. tell them that. Well, and do you think that comes from the uh, the people at the local station, or is that some higher power that one. are saying, well, "Yeah, like, yeah, hey, I mean, it we, probably we is. They're, they're, they're trying Mika's to keep they're trying to keep listeners thousand times a year. They're trying to keep people uh, tuned in still, right. you know. Um, right. So yeah, it does come from higher up, but right. you know, I, I I still don't think that that means no one at that station has the power to advocate right. for these artists and right. to get their songs. Right. In rotation. Yeah. And I've always thought about student radio as being the place where people, especially local artists, are getting discovered versus major networks like 97.5. So, I mean, I don't know how much they think, they being 97.5, um, mm -hmm. that the local uh, college stations are kind of picking up the slack where they're not promoting and how much listeners are tuning into places um, like NC State's radio, Duke's radio, because uh, that's where I originally heard a lot right. of local acts is through college radio. And um, again, I mean, the thing is that technology is changing all of this, right? So how much credit we give to local radio for boosting the, the status of local artists might be irrelevant. That's we might why be I looking think, too much into this. That's why I know it sounds like I'm being really weak on this issue, but I just think that... Uh Trump would say I'm weak on this issue. He'd just be like, he's, he's weak on he's weak on major radio, um, but that like I think just even having the logo associated with more shows that are Danny Blaze, Ace Henny, Will Wildfire is like <laughs> that just wasn't present when I was mm -hmm. first paying attention. It was just like if you saw them involved, it was almost like a stamp of yeah people who don't know what's going on at all. And now I at least think that there's one person. And I think it's disproportionately based on her. I think that she's basically the only one who really knows. Yeah, I thought anything. it was kind of it was kind of uh, ironic. Um, and th th remember when they teamed up with Tune and Law yes, for the this is what I'm thinking of. for the for the hip hop summit, right? right? And you know they're out, they're out here hosting hosting some of these shows, and I'm and I'm looking at them. I was like, why are y'all doing this? Y'all don't play any of the artists at this festival, not one. So why are y'all even here? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean that that's WXDU should have been sponsoring mm. should have been sponsoring that festival or KNC or somebody else but no you know you don't you don't you have you don't deserve to be here with us you don't show us any support you don't you, you don't play the music so get the hell why you, 
Why are you here? It's <laughs> fair enough. Okay, so we're going to put Eric Tullis, local authority on hip-hop, in charge of K97.5 local radio. What would you do differently? I'll play the music. <laughs> I'll okay. play I'll play the music and let it, let it speak for itself. Who are you playing? See how let's see how this record performs. Yeah. Put it in there for a month. If you know, if it hasn't taken off, then fuck it. Trash it. On Do you the think there's a point at which someone like Ninth, because this is what we were talking about earlier with the biggest entities in the area who can wield some influence and like it's not fair to expect that that's their job. Like we said, it's their job to care about their own group. But Obviously, I don't know if you would say it's on the uptick, but there's been a lot of it recently with like someone like Chance getting super involved in Chicago in a lot of ways in music and outside of right. it. It's easy for you know me from the outside to say, well, why doesn't Ninth or J. Cole, some of the bigger acts here, the giant acts here, um, kind of throw their weight around with the stations a little bit? And do you think that's a battle that he gave up on a long time ago? Well, I know he's given up on it now. Do you think there was ever a point at which Ninth cared about trying to get that shit? Or he never has? I mean, I think I think that every artist could could use some radio play. I mean that, but I just mean he doesn't. I don't think he cares. He's like, not advocating earlier, for you it. You said earlier, Rhapsody's not getting spins, right. which is crazy, and I don't think he really cares. He like I saw him on Facebook being like, other people saying, "Why don't you guys get played?" And him saying, "That's not what they do." Basically, what mm. you just said, like that's not what they do. You should bring him on and ask him. Yeah, we should. Yeah. That's not what we do. I mean, that's not what they do. That's not what they're programmed to do. He's just kind of sounded like he had given up on the system. And I was just wondering if you ever thought he maybe at one point was still had these ideas that him and Jamla and his artists could get plays on local radio. I I, I, I don't think, not in the Jamla days. I think before Jamla, there might have been that concern with, with radio. But I think that Ninth and all of them figured it out really early that that wasn't that's not where their success was going to come from, right? Mm. Their success was going to come from something completely organic, going to come from, you know, holding it down in the local scene, putting out hits on the internet, letting, that, letting people share it that way. Through the Super Empty podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'll word be the word of mouth. We're you know, breaking artists. Through the, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name. There was like this online database that Tobias told me about. You know what I'm talking about? It was like a lot of Justice League people. Reddit? Like, but before, this is <laughs> mid-2000s. There was a... Uh, AIM Messenger. Isn't that called the the lawn? Oh right, yeah. Oh yeah. So it was like was, a directory of all a, the rappers and all. Well, the no, it shit. was a, it was a message board. Okay. Yeah, it was a message board called the lawn. Um, it was started by the guys in the Justice League, and it was just a, a um, it was just pretty much an online headquarters for all local music, right? People, artists were on there, fans were on there. It was a message board, traditional message board. Where you got to keep up, and Fonte was on there heavy, right? So it made sense to be logged in all the time and see what little brother was up to, and all the Justice League cats. They were still active on there even after they kind of got signed and were more famous. Right. Yeah, but I mean, after it was only, I think once Twitter came around, <laughs> yeah. uh, it killed the message board thing. I mean, that was pretty innovative to do a message board back then. That's right. Facebook before. Oh, Facebook. it was popping on there, man. I mean, I still know some of those people today. Um, yeah, it's, it was popping on the message board, bro. Tobias Late. told me about people he met just through their screen name, and then he met them in real life, and now they're friends. Yep. Yeah. That still happens today. That's what happened with me and Danny Blaze. I knew him for like <laughs> eight months before I actually knew him in person. Yeah, so it was the lawn, and then they had the bigger ones like OK Player. Right. And then you had uh, so.com. So ha had a message board that was pretty pretty popular. OK Player. I had a message board, man. I. <laughs> Can't did, imagine did what that was like early on. Have a message board? Do you I know don't know. Site? It might have. I'm not sure. It seems like that kind of site. All right. What yeah. have we not covered? 
local scene, bigger acts, smaller acts. Is there anyone you're liking that's like a local act that's smaller? Not not Coolie, not Rhapsody, not all those. People. Urban Lou. Urban Lou. That is a new name to me. I'm pretty sure that's you. That's not me. But shout out to Urban Lou. He out there. Okay. <laughs> Urban Lou. Mark that one down. Urban Lou. If y'all haven't heard of Urban Lou. Urban we have not. We haven't. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. And I, every time I I'm think it's you. really you. I saw Urban Lou standing on the street corner um, rapping during Hopscotch. Uh, there was a guy playing the drum. Okay. And Urban Lou was outside just rapping for like an hour. And like it was the best show of the festival. Damn. Urban Lou. I'm, I don't, I'm he's out of Raleigh. This person doesn't have a Twitter. He sounds of, like a guy who doesn't have a Twitter. He's out of Raleigh, and he he looks like uh, like the lost member of Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> but uh, Urban Lou is probably the best rapper in the Triangle. I've been talking. I've been wow. trying. To, I've been talking about. I know. Him. And I've like. Does he okay. put music out on the internet? Nah, I just like pictures of guns and stuff. <laughs> I think this is made up. He's nah, going to be a star. His name Sounds is, like he is ready to become an internet sensation. His name is Urban Lou. You're not going to really find You're not going to find him on just by doing a search. But how, how do we find him? It sounds like we just need to roam the streets of Raleigh until this dude shows up. <laughs> you got to hang out with Eric and just because he I'm pops not even up really around sure Eric. if he's still in Raleigh because I know he uh, he went over to like Columbia or something. Oh, I like feel that. like we would go okay. meet up with Eric to find <laughs> Eric really to Urban find Urban Lou because he says he's with him. And yeah. as soon as we got to Eric, he'd be like, "Oh, he just left." Yeah. yeah. Urban Lou, they know who I'm talking about, listeners. <laughs> Urban Lou, Urban <laughs> Lou, and I don't want and I don't want people to um to think that I'm making this up because he's actually a real person. That's gonna be tough. <laughs> Because right I, now I'm just gonna get disrespected and be that, like like hating us because we don't believe that he's real. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to find. Well, I, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm thinking about becoming his manager and I'm trying to find like, beats. But every time I, I hit, every time I hear these fucking producers, they're talking about charging me for beats. And I'm just like, yo, dog, you don't understand. I got an artist. He needs beats. Like I'm not gonna pay you for him. Just give me the beats and let him rap over it, and then we'll okay. see where it goes. Okay, so this Eric Eric Tullis needs beats. The interview. Let's let's just be wait, clear. Wait. Eric Tullis needs beats because he wants to rap on people's beats. Maybe, but this or, changes the entire complex like complexion of the interview because I didn't know you you're like thinking about managing. He's or managing. You are himself. already managing. He's managing himself. That's well, what we're coming nah, down to. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, he's gonna yeah. admit that. It's I was gonna no, no the, about the managing thing. Fonse told me one time that I don't I, that I don't have I don't have what it takes to be a manager, and I took his word for it, and I didn't do it because I really did want to get into that. But you know, when someone says like, "Y'all dog, I know you. You ain't built for this." I got. But, but then he gave you an <laughs> alias. He's like, "But I have this nickname for you as a rapper that I think will really play." And it's, Urban Lou. I am not you, Urban Lou. I'm telling you. <laughs> Urban Lou. So, but I said, if I see, if I find an artist that's really good, and I believe in them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into management. Okay. And uh, with Urban Lou, uh, as soon as I get these beats for him. So this is like a personal vendetta against Fonte. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it sounds a little bit out. like that. I'm gonna do it. Fonte Coleman. And so now that I'm not writing, yourself. now that I'm not writing as much uh, about hip hop, I feel like I can like. We could use you at Super Empty. Go mm. to. We just don't have a budget. And the podcast. Right, but I want to manage Urban Lou. Right. He said right. I want to manage Urban Lou. Okay. See where that goes. All right. Well, Eric Tullis. I tried to ask Pat Junior for some soon. beats, and he tried to play me, but that's Ooh. all right. <laughs> Pat Jr., you try to play me. I want those beats for my artist. Damn, Eric's Damn. got a hit list. That's why we brought him on. <laughs> I know. I know. You can't you can't sanitize this podcast. The, no. the Miriam one may be a little sanitized. You can't do it here. This might be a totally different I feel different like we're, we're doing all right that, that we have think and they got that new studio making any like mortal enemies. Super, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they, have a stu- they have a new studio in Chapel Hill, right? Kazi, mm-hmm. Pat Jr., Bishop. 
you guys, one of you guys knows. It's called the Vibe House, maybe? Vibe House 45, right? Vibe House 45. 405, excuse 405. me. 405. Right. So I think me and Lou going to, me and Urban Lou going to take a trip over there one okay. day. Okay. Mm. All so, right. This is exciting. Yeah. You heard it here first. Urban Lou. Damn. Hottest. So now that you're going to be managing him, I might start seeing things other than guns on the internet. We might see some real songs. No, I'm not, I don't want him to change. Well, I'm just saying stop doing what you do, but maybe add some SoundCloud links so we can hear what you do. Link in bio. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Link in bio. I just want the album. Okay. Yeah. All right. When you're ready to have a podcast, let us know. <laughs> yes. This has been great. RPN could use a third podcast. Yeah. It's been awesome having you, man. Thank you. Another database. I'm shed cropping in this paper chase. Take a deep breath and clear my database. It's afternoon. I'm talking shit to my alarm clock. Cause I gotta face this world of capitalistic onslaught. Don't stop when I jump in the whip. Trying to get it off. Belt line got me rushing like a rich car. Pushing 80 miles an hour to this call center. Trying to pick up a check. I only see 20% of until the weekend. I feel like anytime I talk to Eric, there's so much that goes unsaid. There's so much more I want to cover. So. I'm sure we'll have him again. It was good to have his perspective. We have to. Yeah. It was great to be eulogizing Merlin a little bit and giving people context about that. Talking about, man, the scene before I was doing it without Twitter. Oh, yeah, some it's some, savage I didn't days. He had been then. around that long, not to, you know, <laughs> date Eric like that, but just, yeah, to your point, how much he's seen uh, with regards to local hip hop. And um, I mean, the death threats thing is like. That's it, serious. It was real. He, he kind of played it off, but I feel like that's a really serious thing to have to deal with as a journalist. And uh, that's why I love Eric, man. Yeah. He was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going out to these shows. And that's kind of his attitude towards a lot his of writing, too. Yeah. He's just like, you know what? This is how I feel. I'm going to put it out there. And then, like, you deal with it how you want to deal with it. And, so, yeah, much love to Eric. That. We appreciate you. Thank you for coming by. We don't have a guest locked in for next week, but I know that in the next few weeks, we're going to be having some good stuff. I've talked to. Um, Head Graphics, which is a guy, not a rapper at all, but has done a lot of viral creative content and shit on the internet. He's hilarious. Um, obviously, Tab One and Synopsis before the album drops mm-hmm. later in March for Cooley High. Uh, Jason Clary, who does all their artwork. I've talked to Ruben Rodriguez, who we both know um, has done work for Runaway, and he did work for Dreamville and Sci High the Prince. So yeah. we've got good people coming up in the, in the bullpen here. And there's also a new Carolina Roundup this week. Um, there's posts about... The new video from Rhapsody, she put out a video for Chrome. There's a post about the new Cooley High single for their album called Ceiling. So definitely check that out. Good stuff on the site this week. Any final thoughts, guys? I don't know. This is a great episode. Eric was a fantastic So much there. Yeah. Uh, I just really enjoyed sitting back and listening to him on the mic. You know, I'm looking forward to hearing him in the future, too. Future writer, podcast host. We need more writing from him as well. Yeah. All right, that's our show this week. We'll be back next week with Super Empty Episode 7. seven. Damn. All right, peace. Cries and lynch for niggas stay from Rhinus. Secluded rapping to that pace of Rhinus. They love to come up, but they'll hate the crinus. But it's bound to happen. I taking down is no more. I was on the flow with no dough, no show. Just a couple flows, and Lord knows, oh no. Niggas claim they pros, but don't pose a threat. Know your worth, nigga, know it's best. Was on Sunrise Court when he found the cowling. 16 with the 16s. Now we sprawl at 18. Had to make dreams real, no stalling. 19, now we quite clean, walk from crawling. He had to press, had to cess, had to lick. You can't confess, he bad.